What we've done this, this summer uh, has been amazing, or nothing short of amazing, uh, to be able to get and land the number one recruiting class in the country. It's, it's a blessing. This is what the fans wanted. This is what the city needed. This is what the school needed. And uh, for us to be relevant around the country again, that's what we want. You know, this is Memphis. You know, we don't bluff. We want all the smoke. We want everything. We want everything to be about Memphis. We want it to be, hey, you guys are supposed to do this, and we need to reach that. That's what, that's what this city wants. That's what we want. That's who we are. We don't want to shy away from anything. We want this type of a group because we want to win a national championship. If we're going to hang the first banner in this, in this building, or especially downtown at the FedEx Forum, then we're going to have to get talent. And the with talent comes expectations, and that's what we want. Yeah! And welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Deliberation Sports Podcast. Coming to you wherever you may be, however you may be listening, and we definitely appreciate y'all for checking us out once again. Another great show we got for y'all on today, man. Of course, I am Josh Midget, along with the Deliberation Sports crew, Evan DeVone and Justin Bowden, here to talk all sorts of things. I'm going to cover the whole spectrum, so y'all just keep it locked, keep it tuned in to what we got for you on today. But justice, as we always do before we get it started, let the people know how they can follow all things Deliberation. They can follow us on Twitter at DeliberationSP1, on Facebook and Instagram at Deliberation Sports Podcast. We also have the Facebook group, Deliberation Sports Community. And to subscribe, you can do so wherever podcasts are aired, and that includes Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Anchor Podcasts, as well as Spotify, Podbean, and Pocketcaster. That's it. That's it. Sports podcast. The Bean, the Pocket, the Apple, the, the Spot, wherever you want us, that we in all those places on the podcast. So y'all check us out, as always. So we just gonna dive right into the top story, and that is, of course, Payne Hardaway doing it the hard way. You know what I mean? The recruiting class seems to be. Um, Don, I guess you could say, uh, Penny Hardaway does a uh, press conference media availability, um, on today and, uh, just kind of talked about the class, man, but it looks like unless something else happens, this is basically what we're going forward with, with the, uh, with the Memphis Tigers. Of course, the last, uh, addition, at least to this recording, it was, uh, Precious Achua which is a pretty big deal as well, man. So we got basically what we're going to have with this recruiting class, and I'm going to start with Justice. How you feel about uh, what the Tigers have right now going forward? I just have to say unprecedented. Uh, what Penny Hardaway and his staff have done uh, is something that has not happened much outside of the quote-unquote blue bloods that we all know about, North Carolina, Duke, uh, and programs of that nature. Going out and landing, uh, not only James Wiseman, the number one player in the country, uh, getting Precious Achua this late in the game, uh, it just, it 
brought shockwaves throughout the nation. You saw saw it, saw it tw- uh, trending on Twitter, uh, on ESPN outlets, on national outlets. I saw Jay Billis, he had to, to talk about it. And uh, PPI, partner interruption, they were talking about it. Uh, Preston Sachua's commitment and the timing of it was just big for the program. And it, and it uh, vaulted them to the number one recruiting class in the nation. So um, now adding him to James Wiseman, you've got two projected one-and-done guys, two likely top ten picks if all goes as projected. And uh, that speaks volumes for Penny Hardaway, the way he was able to recruit. And also it proves that not only can he get players that he had previous ties to from Memphis, but also that he can get players from other areas, uh, as well as um, Lester Keonis, who's originally from New York. In fact, uh, Preston Tachou is originally from New York, though they both were playing in Florida at uh, Mount Verde Academy uh, for Precious as well as IMG. So, no, I, I would say it's huge on many fronts, and uh, Memphis is now likely going to be a projected uh, top ten preseason team, and it's all because of Penny Hardaway and his recruiting. And, uh Man, just unbelievable. And I'm going to tell you, uh, if we get to Evan here, I always felt like when Penny got the job, he was the perfect guy to really change things uh, the way that uh, the Tigers wanted to as far as getting on the national stage. The perfect blend of having a guy that has national appeal as well as local appeal as well. You really couldn't ask for a better situation. And now Memphis has proven that they're not just a regional school that can get the regional stars. They can also get guys outside of Memphis as well, the best from all over the country. Uh, but, Evan, man, how you feeling? Well, I feel real good about it, man. Uh, when Penny first got this job, I was one of the people who was saying, hey, man, let's temper expectations. Uh, let's not shoot expectations through the roof. And, Yep. He come up short, and the fans ready to kill him. Uh, but Penny has embraced those expectations. You know, I don't think anybody could have assumed that we would have a number one recruiting class, and essentially uh, his real first full recruiting cycle. Uh, last year he came in at the end and had to piece together a top 25 uh, recruiting class, and I'm not trying to be rude to the players when I say piece together. I'm just saying that he had to hurry up and rush it uh, because he got hired so late. Uh, so in his first real recruiting cycle, this man has inherited what well, not inherited. He has uh, put together the number one recruiting class in the country. And I'm going to just go player by player real quick, man. It won't take long. Uh, just to show you that they have everything you need in this class. You got the number one player in the country in James Wiseman, a guy who can play inside out, future superstar in the NBA, uh, number one in the country. What more do you need to say? The only knock on him was his uh, strength. And if you watch James and, and if you looked at him and how his body has developed, and he, the question was about his outside shooting ability as well, he's checked all the question marks about his game, man. That is a future top three NBA draft pick. Then you go to a top 15 player in Precious Achua. He's a guy who's just going to get it done. Uh, he crashes the offensive glass really well. He's a guy who's going to go ahead, and if you need a bucket at the end of the game, he could get to the rim. Uh, I would like to see his jump shot just improve just a little bit more, but he's a guy on any given night, he can give you 20 to 25. Uh, Boogie Ellis, top 40 player, uh, he can shoot the ball, probably one of the best shooters in the country, if not the best shooter in the country. 
A lot of people think he could, he's better suited off ball, uh, but he's going to need to learn how to play the point guard uh, if he's expected to play in the NBA for a long time. And I think who's better to teach you how to play the point guard position outside of a, a former superstar in the NBA and Penny Hardaway. Uh, then you got another top 50 player, DJ Jeffries. He's another guy who can go inside out. Uh, he's actually a top 25 guy on ESPN. Uh, him and his people think he's a one-and-done guy. Um, his father, Corey, has, has went public about it. They they Their goal is to go one-and-done. Uh, I think he's more of a two- to three-year player, but he's definitely a guy that could come in and make an impact. And you got Lester Keonas, a guy who's just a, a specialist with shooting a three-ball. And he has sneaky athleticism, too. Uh, if you look at Lester last year to where he is now, he's had a great transformation with his body. He's more in shape. That body fat has went down a lot. Uh, I expect that trend to continue with his body when he gets to the University of Memphis. Uh, if you look at what Mike Parks did with this team, with this staff, I'm sorry, uh, you got to think that Lester Keon has to continue that trend. And it'll only make his game better and make his game faster as well because that's how Memphis want to play. And the last two, uh, Malcolm Dandridge, he's a banger. Uh, they're talking about red-shirting him because of his injury, uh, but he's a guy who's going to come in, finish well around the rim, and rebound well. And you got Damian Ball, who, to me, he's going to be the best on-ball defender, not only in this class, but on the whole team. Uh, he's another guy, once he gets to the second level, he can finish real well as well. Uh, work on his jump shot a little bit. I know for a fact he's doing that. But with his class, you got a two-point guard in Damian Ball, you got shooters and Lester Keon as and Boogie Ellis. And you got star power. And I'm going to put DJ Jeffers in that category as well. But mm-hmm. Precious and Chua and James Wiseman. That is the total package with a recruiting class. And I know a lot of people say that, you know, they're surprised that they're recruiting with the Blue Bloods. I mean, you look at Villanova last year, the Big East not considered a Power 5 team, uh, conference anymore. I mean, they had a top 10 recruiting class last year. They have a top five recruiting class this year, led by Jeremiah Robinson Earl, out of IMG top 15 player, and Brian Antoine out of New Jersey. So you don't have to be in a power five conference to recruit elite players. You just got to be able to show these guys you can get into the NBA. And uh, I think Penny and Jay Wright, uh, they're doing that very well now. Yeah, no question. And I think, you know, when you talk about power five, I feel like, at least when it comes to recruiting, you know, that's more of a football thing than than basketball where where that matters more. You know what I mean? If you you got the right coach and in the right situation and everybody has a chance for a national championship as well. You know, I think that that definitely factors into that whole situation. But I think that's a great point you bring up, Evan, about how balanced this class is. It wasn't just a grouping together of random talent. It was you could tell you saw the plan and Penny executed the plan. I think just about as well as anybody could imagine. And Justin, did you want to jump in? No, he executed the plan through a tee. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think when things started to really get crazy was when Boogie Ellis decommitted from Duke and yeah, decided exactly. to uh, play to the Tigers. You know, no doubt. I, I think immediately, and you know, Evan can attest to this. You know, he was hearing that uh, Boogie was going to ask out of the letter of intent. Mm-hmm. Then the next thing you know, it, it becomes official. He asked out of it. And then we're hearing, well, Memphis is going to be right at the top of the list. And then, you know, there were rumors about Oregon. But 
you know, when we checked out the sources, the sources said, no, it's Memphis. And then sure yep. enough, you know, he commits to Memphis. And I, I think that just sent shockwaves because now not only did Penny uh, beat out Kentucky and Cal for DJ Jeffries or uh, Kentucky and Cal for uh, James Wiseman, but to take out the mighty Duke, uh, when it came to Boogie Ellison, and there are many that will say, well, once they got Cassie Stanley, uh, you know, they didn't want Boogie Ellison. But from what I'm hearing, they still wanted to keep Boogie Ellison in the fold. And so, because uh, he would have been the best shooter on that team. Trey Jones, mm-hmm. we all know the guy could, couldn't shoot the basketball, and that's likely why he's still in college. So mm-hmm. once that happens, and then you get Preston Sashua, who was being heavily pursued by both North Carolina and Kansas, he had taken visits, official visits to both of those schools. It just says a lot about what Penny Hardaway was able to do. Boogie Ellis was arguably the top guard on the West Coast. I know Oregon, USC, uh, UCLA, those programs wanted in with Boogie, but he was convinced that Memphis was the place to go uh, once it became the decision that he wasn't going to attend Duke. So I just think that recruiting class is monstrous. You got everything you need in terms of bigs, like Evan alluded to, talking about um, James Wiseman, Prince Pachua, Malcolm Dandridge, who even if he does red shirt, you know, there's still other guys on that roster who can help in the paint. Uh, Lance Thomas will be eligible this season, along with uh, Isaiah Maurice, who will be a senior. But they've got everything you need at every position, and uh, that's what the one, number one class in the country sounds like. Penny Hardaway has done it. Hey, I, I, want, I want to throw something in real quick, if y'all don't mind. 30 seconds. Yeah. Uh, when you bring a in like this, mm-hmm. As many styles that you can play, I mean, we're talking about Biggs and like Lance Thomas, and he's able to play multiple positions. Uh, if Michael Andrews uh, is healthy, he'll go. James lost pressure to Chua. But just think if you want to play, play fast and go small, which Penny Hardaway has shown he wanted to do in the past, just throw DJ Jeffers down there. He's 6'8. I mean, he's a mismatch problem with a lot of power forwards. I don't care what coaches you're in. And he's not a little. He will go down there and bang. So, I mean, the things you can do with this roster is unlimited. And that's what you get when you bring in a number one class, man. I I just wanted to throw that out there. He has so many options and so many weapons at his disposal. It's scary, to be honest with you. It is. And even Penny uh, listened to his press availability. was talking about positionless basketball. Now you have so many guys that can do so many different things. He even brought about, you know, if if the situation called for it, Wiseman, ability to bring the ball up the court, you know what I mean? Uh, or just, just about anybody can do uh, whatever you need them to do. So, I mean, that's... And one more thing, Josh, I'll Josh. Yeah. Look, here, this, this is a coach's dream, to have this type of talent. Mm-hmm. Because we can go back to Tubby. I forget who it was, but it might have been Mike. Somebody said he cursed him out. But he still had to play him because he didn't have the talent and he didn't have the depth on his bench. Yeah, if one of those guys get the fucking up and not want to listen to the coach, <laughs> he won't have no problem sending them because he will bring somebody off the bench who is just as capable, if not more capable, of putting up numbers just like them. So they're going to have to buy into the system. If Boogie don't want to play, well, we know Tyler can play at this level. Everything we're hearing about Damian Barr, what I've seen with my eyes, that guy can play at this level. You gonna have to tighten up quick, quick. And we ain't talked about Rayshon Tucker. Uh, yeah, exactly. I don't think he'll be here. But guess what? If he's here, hey, you really gonna have to keep a tight rope. 
So as a coach, you're really happy about this because you have no problem with showing anybody as an example of sitting down quick, even if it's James Wiseman. If you're not listening, you're going to sit down, man. And with the AAC, you could really use that as a teaching point and an example seeing guys because your team is just going to be really more superior than a lot of those guys outside of Houston who will be top 25 preseason as well. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Evan, Evan, I think you bring up some good points. Uh, Penny can coach this team like an old John Callum Perry just throwing stuff at the chalkboard <laughs> because <laughs> you have to listen to him in order to get on the court. If you don't do what he's asking you in practice, off the court, uh, you're not going to play. And there's nothing that uh, builds competitiveness like competition in practice. So Penny's best friend is going to be the bench. And, and and that really just it forces guys to have to bring it. Now there's some that'll say, well, hey, he over recruited. I say you got to bring it. And, and you mentioned Ray John Tucker. We didn't talk about him because we're not sure whether he's going to actually end up at Memphis. There's been rumors about whether he he's graduated and completed all the classes he needed to graduate from Arkansas uh, Little Rock. But if he does, you're talking about a guy six foot five, 220 pounds, all muscle. As good athlete as there is in college basketball, period. I mean, the guy is an absolute freak. So just having somebody like that even being mentioned to come to Memphis and not being projected as, as one of those elite recruits just shows you how wide of a net Penny Hardaway cast when it came to recruiting in 2019 class. And I think we can effectively say, even if he doesn't add anyone else, that he's done recruiting for 2019. Absolutely. And you cannot – as for more, if you're a Tiger fan or anybody else, uh, that's watching what's going on, man. So, great to see uh, what Penny Hardaway has going. And it's going to be interesting to see what it follows from here and uh, the other, you know, the team coming together and all that. Well, well, well now, Josh, I, I do want to say this because you, you yeah. mentioned you can't ask for more. Certainly the Tiger fans won't. But what we're hearing now from the skeptics, from the, from <laughs> the recruiting analysts who don't want to give him uh, you know, all all the praise or from the coaches or whoever's skeptical, the fan base is now, well, can he coach? And I think we have a good idea that he can coach uh, based Absolutely. on what we saw him do with that roster uh, this past year that, you know, winning 22 games. But those questions are out there from the skeptics, and I expect Penny to answer those and answer them quickly. They've got the type of schedule uh, that's going to allow them to play multiple games on national TV. And uh, the NBA scouts are going to be parked front and center on the Memphis campus and anywhere they're playing. Yeah, definitely. And it seems like we're going to get a little early peek at the team as well. Um, as Finney talked about as well, that they're going to play in the Bahamas. Um, I think it's some type of uh, tournament uh, they're going to play. And I don't remember the specifics of what he said, but uh, that's going to be interesting to see as well. They, they, they're all going to be on those games. Going to be on ESPN or something like that, just to get a little pre view of the team before the season, you know. Uh, so that's going to be something to to watch out for as well. We'll be right back. Stay tuned for a short commercial break before the next segment of the Deliberation Sports Podcast. Somebody who won't be with them uh, in those games will be former NBA coach of the year and uh, Tigers assistant, uh, Sam Mitchell. Uh, another thing that was newsworthy from the Penny Presser today was that Sam Mitchell is no longer on the staff. 
and is moving on to other things. Of course, you know, Penny said he appreciates, you know, what he contributed and everything. But let's start with Evan this time. <clears throat> how do you feel about uh, Sam Mitchell not returning? And how do you feel that will affect things, if at all? Well, if you guys remember, I hit you guys up uh, two, three weeks ago about this. Yeah, and you did. You did. We didn't, I didn't want to go public about it because that's not what I do. Uh, I don't yeah. get paid to put out news. But at the end of the day, Whenever you get a guy like Sam Mitchell, uh, who's a former NBA player for years, he was, he was an NBA, NBA vet, uh, he coached multiple franchises in the NBA. As you mentioned, he was the coach of the year with the Toronto Raptors, and he coached the Minnesota Timberwolves as well. Uh, in an interim setting, um, after Flip Saunders unfortunately passed away, but uh, he still coached two NBA franchises. Uh, and he coached future Hall of Famers, and, uh, to me, uh, Tracy McGrady and Vince Carter. So mm-hmm. whenever you have a guy like that um, who you're you're losing, it's going to be a void. Because I've been in games, and I've just seen Sam Mitchell hold up Penny and just go in on the team. And you, need oh, yeah. that, you, you need that kind of uncle feel to, to a team with a coach staff. But the only way you replace that is with a guy who's similar to him, maybe not as crazy as Sam Mitchell, but the guy who <laughs> brings some of the same intangibles. And uh, yeah. Michael Simon is that guy. He's he's His name is thrown out there uh, to replace Sam Mitchell. I think it'll be perfect. A guy who has grassroots connections on the West Coast. A guy who coached Bo Bo uh, in AAU. A guy who's been in the NBA, uh, coached LeBron James as of last year. Uh, a guy who's coached on the college ranks. He, he When you put him on your coaching staff, if that's the route Penny goes, he automatically identifies with you. He's able to walk in there and say, hey, you want to be in the NBA? I just coached arguably a top five player to ever coach, play in the NBA in LeBron James. I just coached him. All right? So at the end of the day, it's going to be a void if you don't make the right hire. If you make the right hire, the goal with this program, with this staff, is to keep selling NBA. If you make the right hire, as Miles Simon, I think, will be the right guy, uh, I think you'll be good to go. That's going to be something to look forward to. And I noticed it really seems like you brought it up again. The NBA aspect of the Memphis program is something that he's really wanting to keep intact. You know what I'm saying? That you're not going to find a better staff to prepare you for the NBA than Memphis. And I think that hire would be perfect um, for that. Uh, Justice I would not be surprised if it's not uh, Miles Simon, you know, somebody who played for the Orlando Magic, someone who, as uh, Evan alluded to, has coached in the NBA. And it was clear from, from Penny Hardaway's interviews on um, Outside the Lines. I saw them this morning. Uh, and that, that just lets you know how hot he is. I'm getting ready for work. And here it is, Anthony Penny Hardaway, the head coach of the <laughs> University of Memphis, is on Outside the Lines. And so – um, and he stressed the NBA. He stressed the NBA, and that's what he's selling to the to the players to get into the next level. And it's highly likely that James Wiseman and Precious Achua are going to follow in those footsteps. If that happens, if you get two guys, it's likely you're going to refill them with two more guys. And so I, I think, uh, as Evan alluded to, um, 
it, it just makes sense to go out and get a guy that fits that mold. I hate to lose Sam Mitchell because I just love the fact that you could just always say you got an old school coach that won't mind, you know, cursing you out. And, and you just knew that was Sam. And so Miles, while maybe not as tough as him, he, he brings a lot of those qualities that Sam Mitchell brought to that staff. And let's face it, Penny Hardaway is recruiting at such an elite level that he's going to have some turnover on his staff. And I wouldn't be surprised if you don't start hearing the Mike Miller rumors more and more, especially mm-hmm. as his son, Mason Miller, uh, continues to dunk on guys like we've seen him do uh, <laughs> this summer. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what the Tigers do, but uh, certainly adding someone like Miles Simon would not hurt. No question, no question. So we will keep our eyes on that. Now, another coaching move, that uh, has local ramifications, I guess you could say, uh, not involving the Memphis staff, but I'm sure it has something to do with some Memphis talent, is uh, former Whitehaven coach Faraji Phillips heads to Vandy to join uh, Jerry Stackhouse and his staff at Vanderbilt. How are we feeling about that move? Um, Faraji Phillips, a long-time coach in this area, headed to the college ranks. Uh, of course, he coaches Matthew or coached uh, Matthew Morrell at Whitehaven. So how are we feeling about this situation, uh, Justin? Well, I, I think it's an excellent move. You know, I, I'm excited for Faraji. Him and I go way back to the days when uh, I was coaching at Ridgeway High School and, and running leagues with the Memphis Parks. You know, Coach Wes Hennon, he would open up that gym. And uh, Faraji, Penny Hardaway, you know, Thad Young, Cedric Henderson, a lot of guys would come by. And so I got a chance to know him through that. And then when he was coaching his son, who I believe uh, played at his alma mater, Mississippi Valley. Uh, Faraji brings a wealth of experience from the high school level. He knows Memphis. He understands it. Uh, obviously, Jerry Stackhouse, who was coaching with the Grizzlies at the time, probably understands Memphis better than most coaches that would be walking into Vanderbilt. So he figured, hey, why not go get someone who's coached really good players? You know, Faraji won state championships at Mitchell High School. He took Whitehaven to a, a state final with uh, the big 7-2, Will Moore, and also Matthew Morrell, who's a highly rated uh, player in 2020. So it's good to see a guy get a chance like Faraji Phillips. I think he's going to do well. But uh, it's going to be tough for Vanderbilt. They're going to have to really recruit at a, at a high level to be able to compete in that conference. We've seen the SEC get stronger over the last few years, but certainly I think it was a good decision by uh, Stackhouse to try to get into a talent-rich area like Memphis. And it's a hotbed in Memphis and, and Nashville basketball recruiting as well. So I think it was a good move for, for Faraji, and it's going to be interesting to see how it plays off. Definitely. How, how you feeling about it, E? Well, uh, Faraji is a, is a hell of a high coach, uh, anybody who knows him. Uh, like Justin said, he won a couple of state titles in my album, Martin Mitchell, Mitchell yep. High School. And, Jeremiah and, Martin. Yeah, yes, sir. And not only that, this wasn't his first opportunity to go to, to college. Uh, uh, Mississippi Valley, uh, his alma mater, where he averaged over 20 points a game as a senior, uh, when he played there, they, they offered him to come on board a couple of years ago. So he, it, with him, it was just waiting on the right situation and the right time. Um if I'm not mistaken, his son is either a senior now or going into his senior year. Uh, so, you know, probably two, three years ago, he was just uh, entering high school. Probably wasn't the right time. Timing is everything. We hear Penny Hardaway say it there all the time. And I just think that it's the perfect situation for him. Now, I'm going to say this. Uh, a lot of people asking, will Matthew Morrell follow him? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, 
would I be mad if he went with him to Vanderbilt? No, that's a hell of fine academic school. Worst come to worst. I mean, he gets a four year degree from Vanderbilt. He's walking in making anywhere between seventy to a hundred thousand dollars in the real life if he if he is going to a corporate America with a degree from Vanderbilt. So it's, I mean I mean another guy you could throw out was uh is uh Moot Cam Cam from yeah. uh, Olive Bench. I mean yep. he coached him for years. Uh, Mook and Matthew Morrell are really good friends, uh, and you know he'll be crazy not to go after them. Uh, but I want to say this: I don't think Faraji was brought there to just flat out recruit. I think Stack got his crew that he wants to just go in and recruit. Now, yeah. will Faraji touch Arkansas, Mississippi, and Memphis, of course? But if you know Faraji, that man could sit and scout teams and put a game plan together. I wouldn't be surprised if he's brought in there to do a lot of the X's and O's work. So I'd be really, really intrigued to see um, the situations he's put in at Vanderbilt, man. I'm not just sold on him just coming in, just being a, a shutdown recruiter. I, I don't think that's why he came in there. I think he came in there. He was brought to come in there because Stackhouse feel like he can help him a lot in the coaching aspect as well. I agree, and I feel like it's almost so short-changing him as a coach and what he's done in the city to just say he's just a, you know, kind of a recruiting pawn, to say the least, and right. only for this purpose, you know what I'm saying, just to scout that he's actually, it's not like he's just a kid's parent that you bring on staff. You know, this is a guy that's actually done quite a bit. He's put in work. Exactly. So, no, I, I agree with you two guys on that. I, I don't want yeah. to shortchange him as, as if that's what I was was thinking. Uh, no, he no, has a great no. basketball mind. I mean, he, he's yeah. a he's a tactician in, in some ways. So, and even when you hear him speak, he you know he speaks with a in a meticulous fashion. So yeah, he does. You know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm just excited to uh, see him get out there and, and coach in the SEC and be on that staff. And that's another guy, you know, from the mid south that, that's making the jump to the college ranks. Definitely, definitely. So I'm looking forward to see how things go with uh, Coach Phillips and definitely all the best to him. We'll be right back. Stay tuned for a short commercial break before the next segment of the Deliberation Sports Podcast. Last thing, uh, one of the last things I want to hit on is another uh, Memphis angle here, and that's with the Grizzlies. Now, you know, not a ton of talks are going on with the Grizzlies until – the NBA draft lottery. And I think most people are wondering, okay, are we going to convey or do we keep Mike Conley, Valanciunas, and all that? I think all of that just throw it all out the, out the window when they got the number two pick in the NBA draft. And now all eyes are on the Murray State phenom, John Morant. And it all signs are pointing toward John Morant and the Mrs. Grizzlies being a uh, – a match made in heaven, so to speak. The Grizz, according to Mark Stein, uh, report that uh, they're focusing their efforts on John Morant and plan on trading Mike Conley as well. So how are we feeling, guys, about uh, the prospects of this happening? I'm going to start with Justice. Is, is it uh, time for me to pull out that old song by Sam Cooke, uh, if the change going to come? You know, I, I think it's been a long time coming. And I say that with all due respect. I was one of those guys, and, and I'll admit I was wrong. I was down on Mike Conley years ago. This is something I wanted to see happen years ago, uh, probably as early as 2010. But he proved to be clutch. 
he proved to be a guy that could win games in the playoffs. And so uh, with that, I'm looking forward to the possibility of the Grizzlies not only moving him, but him landing in a destination that works for him uh, because the Grizzlies have this rare opportunity to draft Josh Moran. So uh, the fact that they got this grand opportunity, it kind of works out for both parties. Hopefully Conley ends up with a winning team, but the biggest thing for the Grizzlies, they need to accumulate the assets that's going to help them fast-track this rebuilding process. Jaron Jackson Jr. was named first-team all-rookie today. So if you pair John Morant, who's an exceptional passer, freak athlete, you know, just a, a, a point guard that's ahead of his time, with Jaron Jackson Jr., now you've got something working. If you can somehow get some assets back in draft picks or young players for Mike Conley, that's the type of thing the Grizzlies need to move forward. But I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how they're going to to work this. But certainly John Morant, big-time guy, and, and Mike Conley, hey, you, you've been great, but it's time to move on. And I, I'm going to tell you guys something. For, you know, I'm definitely on Evan's thoughts, too. I don't know if I've ever seen a guy with the package of, of Morant to this degree you know what I'm saying? Where he, first of all, to make that jump from year one to year two, first guy ever averaged 20 and 10 assists um, in NCAA history. You know what I mean? You're talking about a guy with the explosive athleticism that he has, but yet still the incredible basketball IQ and vision to be an exceptional point guard as well. You know, and I was watching a lot of film. They ran a lot of pro sets at Murray State. A lot of really good sets, and he ran that offense and looked completely comfortable. So, I mean, he's got a jump on, you know, running an NBA system to me, just watching how they did things in Murray State. But, uh, Evan, man, how are you feeling about that? Man, John Moran's going to be a star. Uh, and I think the Grizzlies, uh, I know Justice, he he kind of jumped about uh, the Sam Cooke song, and, you know, it, you're right, it has been okay. a long Coming. But mm-hmm. I think we also owe this to Mike Conley. Uh, let's not hold him out in the last couple of good years he has left in him, uh, winning 20 to 30 games. Uh, send him to a team that could potentially uh, make the playoffs. Let him. I, I think we owe him that uh, because he's given so much to the Grizzlies. And we're, the Grizzlies and Mike Conley are just heading down two different roads. So I, I think we we need to get rid of him, and I think it's the right thing to do. Now, if I'm the Grizzlies, and I've seen people all over the Internet say they wouldn't do it, here's what I'm doing. I'm picking up the phone. I'm calling Rob Palenka. Be like, hey, uh-huh. magic gone. <laughs> Look, you want to get to the playoffs this year? Because if you don't, you're going to get fired. Here's what I can give you. I give you Mike Conley. Youngest Valentunas want to stay with Mike Conley. I give you him, too. Give us that number four pick. That's what I would do. Oh, man. Hey, Give us, that number. Give us that, that number four pick. And they likely will say no. But that's where I will start. I will start with calling the Lakers. And you know what? As messed up as that franchise is, they might not even say no. So that's my first call. I don't mind getting told no if that's my first call. But can you imagine getting that's just break for pretend real quick. Can you imagine having a first-team all-rookie player right now, getting a number two player in the draft, being a number four player in the draft? Man. I'm good that's, with that. 
that's an insane, you know. Ain't no clearing off a big contract too off the books. Oh, we need somebody to take Chandler Parsons down. <laughs> that's it. And I'm going to tell you something. With the Lakers, we already know Magic snitched on everybody. You know what I'm saying? Not, <laughs> he snitched on everybody. So now everybody knows. <laughs> everybody knows how terrible the organization is. They got 15 people running that thing. You know, Rob Palenka's up in there, the backstabber, a.k.a. the backstabber. You know what I'm saying? So, look, <laughs> all I know is LeBron's looking at Valanciunas and Condor like, this might be my only chance, or else I need to get out of here. So, <laughs> yeah, I like what you call him, the backstabber. <laughs> you know, there's some that say Magic is the backstabber. <laughs> That's true. Hey, he, Manny won't call you. He just go go on national TV. <laughs> <laughs> and he still ain't called LeBron. He still ain't called LeBron. Man. Hey, <laughs> hey, Justice, man, I know we got a roll, man. Hey, man, uh, you want to go ahead and let the listeners know where they can find us, there, man? Yeah, man, go ahead. Go ahead. They can follow us on Twitter at DeliberationSP1 to find out more about the NBA and the Grizzlies. We'll be talking more about them. Facebook and Instagram, Deliberation Sports Podcast. And also we have the Facebook group, Deliberation Sports Community. In addition, subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor Podcasts, also Spotify, Podbean, Pocket Caster, wherever podcasts are hosted, it's likely you will find Deliberation Sports Podcast. That's it. That's it, man. So, y'all, stay tuned. Keep it locked and subscribe. You can catch latest things that we drop. We may talk some more about the backstabber, Rob Palenka, you know what I'm saying, and Magic Johnson and company in a future podcast. But I am Josh Mitchell along with Justice Bolden and Evan DeVoe, the Deliberation Sports crew, and we will talk to you all next time.